Podcast One production. Hi, I'm Nat Kringudis. And I'm Cecilia Ramsdale. Welcome to The Wellness Collective, a podcast where we invite you to be part of our wellness community to share, learn and live better. Another day, another episode. Because actually we're here today to talk about food and nutrition, nutrition. and all the wonderful things that that entails and, you know, the benefits in your life. Now, we have talked about this before, but today's guest is someone kind of special. Now, when we recorded this, it was just a little while ago, and we're we're just going to give you the context because actually I was in this studio by myself, you were in Texas, and I believe our guest was in... Sydney. California? No, I think she'd just gotten back from California. Oh. She was in Sydney, I think. Or maybe she was in California still. See, anyway, three locations, but how good is technology when you can actually... Technology, why not for girls? How good is it? Like, you know, it's yeah. technology, why not for girls? <laughs> I always come back to that. <laughs> <laughs> but we did make it work. Anyway, we hope you enjoy this episode of The Wellness Collective. Mm. Our guest today is Jessica Seppel. I am a nutritionist and a health author and the founder of JS Health which is a health brand. So let's get straight into it and talk a little bit about eating and travelling because while I'm currently uh-huh. in Austin, Texas. Uh, really? Cecilia's just gotten, yeah, Cecilia's just gotten back from Fiji and it's, you know, it's difficult to maintain a healthy lifestyle when you're doing that. So oh boy, yeah. let's hear about what you do. Yeah, I think um, I'm kind of, I have a very kind and flexible eating approach. So I'm really not too hard on myself when I'm traveling. I really want to give myself permission to enjoy my travel experience. So it's really about doing the best that I can. I eat as as healthily as possible, but I also give myself permission to indulge and enjoy and kind of eat outside of my strict, you know, not strict, like outside of my normal eating routine, which is actually healthy for me and my, for my mind and my body. So I probably eat well 80, 70, 80% of the time. I make healthy choices. These days I find wherever you're traveling, you can often make a healthy choice, but I do bring a lot of healthy snacks with me just in case, even like a healthy seed mix that I can make into a cereal in the morning and just find a nice healthy yogurt and add some berries and banana to it or go to the local fruit store and get some some fruit. I was just in Europe now in Italy and I just kept going to get um just the local fruits and then adding them to my breakfast. And having a little bit of gelato but, just as a chaser. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> That's happening in the, that happens in the afternoon. <laughs> but I always eat, I aim to eat well when I'm traveling because it gives me the energy to enjoy it. I don't really want to feel bad all the time. You know, of course I'm going to eat the gelato, but I'm definitely going to have the sugar drop an hour later. So I know the consequences of it, but of course it, it's still jo- in, so joyful and um, so pleasurable, and it needs it's all it all needs to be together. It all needs to be done. Well, part of the joy of traveling is being you know exposed mm. to different foods. Um, yeah, I just traveled to Fiji, which was which was fun, but it was a bit challenging. I mean, we were mostly in resorts, and so you've got the buffet to choose from: the buffet, the buffet, the buffet. Yeah. Uh, but I love your idea mm. of taking some snacks with you because that can be quite difficult to work out what you can take, especially overseas. You know what's practical. Um, yeah. I will say, my mum has actually travelled overseas and taken stuff with her. She's a bit naughty. But she packs a whole thing and she has like little seasonings <laughs> yeah. and herbs and stuff like that, so that when she gets somewhere, 
if she wants to make a meal, she can make something that's tasty and not have to go looking for all the ingredients to do that. Because otherwise you end up slipping into that trap of, oh, you'll just have fries and a hamburger or whatever's available. Yeah. And I'm, I actually have a whole, I love talking to people about hotel buffets because there I have like a whole step-by-step process to navigate them because they really throw people off. And I think people have this, you know, the wrong mentality when it comes to buffets. You feel like you kind of need to eat everything, but actually you want everything. As a nutritionist, I always say start with the satiating foods like the protein and the good fats. Get yourself feeling quite full and satiated, and then often you can make a much more mindful choice. Um, and you can try something the, the next thing tomorrow and the next day. You don't have to eat it all today. That's our human condition, though, isn't it? That you get there and you're like, oh, there are so many things to choose from. I want to have one yeah, of everything. I think that, on the that first really day. comes from the diet or restrictive. Me- kind of a restrictive mentality towards food or, um, you know, this whole mentality that when I go on holiday, I'm just going to go all out. I don't think that's the best way to treat your body. You know, we have to have a much kinder relationship with ourselves and our body than food. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, we can become the other way. We can become obsessed with food. And I think that I know growing up, the obsession, I guess maybe this still happens, but I don't see it as much, was, you know, this anorexic behaviour where we just didn't eat. And it seems it's sort of transitioned to this possessive, healthy eating. Anorexic. Right, exactly right. So do you Mm -hmm. think that we've just switched one out for the other? I think I'm like, it's it's, it's so complex when it comes to disordered eating. It comes in so many different forms and um, I'm not an eating disorder specialist, but I've also struggled myself. And I think it just comes down to like, correct, like having a health, being obsessed with healthy eating is in fact not healthy. Um, And I'm a nutritionist saying that. I think, yes, we are, we, we don't know how to be balanced creatures. It has to be all, the all or nothing approach. And I think that's where we keep going wrong. And that's why I've always been against fad diets because it is all, always this all or nothing. Or the, we, we, as human beings, we don't do well with restriction and deprivation. Um, and we don't do well. And we need to learn how to be flexible with food and tune into our bodies. And we're also biochemically unique. We're also individual. So what works for me may not work for you. Um, and it's dangerous to yeah, be obsessed with the healthy eating approach. And I think, I mean, anorexia and bulimia, they're still humongous issues in this day and age, but orthorexia is definitely the next big concern because of the rise and the hype of the health industry. So our young teenage girls, especially, we need to be very careful with um, just reminding them of the importance of balance and having a wholesome relationship with food. And that is the foundation, in in my opinion, of a healthy life and a healthy body. That has to come first. I had to look through some of your recipes on your website and I love that you've got an app that you could um, you, you can download and sort of be guided through meals and stuff. I think if I download your app, I'm going to go down the rabbit hole and probably, you know, <laughs> just end up doing every meal that way because you don't have to think about what you're cooking, which is the hardest bit. Yeah. But I love that you don't tend to exclude certain things from your recipes like you know you can choose not to have milk if that's what you don't want or less yeah. sugars and those kind of things but it it did seem to be from the recipes I looked at that you were very inclusive so you could make that choice yourself the, mm. yeah of all the food groups and if you do have an intolerance or there's a specific like some sort of food that you would prefer not to have there's always something you can swap it out for um, because that's what my recipe or my food approach has always been about. Like doesn't have to be followed perfectly. I want people to be intuitive in the kitchen. Um, my recipes are kind of just like a guide for people. Um, I love to give people ideas. 
but absolutely don't. They don't have to. I mean, I've never, I, I honestly have never followed a recipe in my entire life. Love it. Um, I just, I really never have. My mom's taught me how to be an intuitive cook. I'm very grateful. So you're just going into the kitchen and, um, you know, using those recipes as a guide and, and, and doing what works for you. I think being free in the kitchen is such a big part of my philosophy and just, yeah, doing what works for you. And it's very important as a nutritionist that we include all the food groups and that's why they exist. You know, having the healthy carbs, the protein, the fat, the fiber, they're all important. So with our app meals, for example, we really make sure that they're nutritionally balanced and they contain all the macronutrients. And again, a big part of my my approach is not to remove any of those important food groups because it creates a lot of fear I still believe we can be careful with the sort of carbs that we choose to eat. Um, and you'll see that in my recipes, but I, I think it's still incredibly important to have them in the diet. So you think that what's happened, you know, in terms of people kind of becoming a little bit disconnected from the fact that their food is actually fuel and it can help with so many areas of their health and well-being. So for me, obviously hormones is a big part of that. Yeah. And that's only one area, but you know, in your experience, have you seen that this is some this is a trend that we have become disconnected from food as as fuel and medicine? Yes, because I think we're listening to everyone else and we've stopped listening to our own bodies. So there's so much inundation of information, Instagram, social media, bloggers. Mm. Like there's just I feel it. There's just so much inundation of bad diets and trends around health. Is that and the problem with that is we're listening to all of that. And as a result, we've stopped listening to ourselves, but also because of the fast pace of our lives, the chaos, the stress, it's almost impossible to tune into your body and sit down and really figure out what foods work for you as an individual. Um, yeah, I think, I think these days it's, in, it's really hard. So it takes a lot of time and practice and mindful eating practices, which I talk a lot about just to learn how to reconnect to your body because the minute you connect to your body and what works for you as an individual, it's so freeing. And that's the only, the only connection you really need to make is with your own body. And then everything kind of works from there. Can you explain to us the mindful eating? Is this about, you know, taking time to eat or, or how, how do you it's, posit that? Yeah, I, I think I think of mindful eating, I guess, as more, it's more intuitive eating. It's, it's, it's being connected to your body and to your appetite and, and tuning into your, being able to tune into your body in a really beautiful, kind, wholesome way. Um, and, and that takes time. And yes, and some of, some, some of that includes, yes, sitting down to your meals not racing around while you're eating, chewing your food, tasting it, actually thinking about how you feel after that meal. That's all sort of mindful eating, just being aware of how different foods make you feel. If you eat a beautiful, big, nourished bowl of brown rice and protein and salad, how do you feel after that? Probably energized, balanced, um, you know, you feel good. And how do you feel after having the slice of pizza? Do you feel good or do you feel incredibly exhausted afterwards? It's no, you, you want to do it without too much judgment, but it's about tuning into how those foods make you feel. I'm going to have that gelato because it's so pleasurable, but I'm probably going to have a big sugar drop an hour later and feel quite tired. Um, and that's just the art of mindful eating. It's about being aware of how different foods make you feel. And that helps you to make better choices when you're aware of how different foods make you feel. And that's why I eat the way I do. That's why I eat healthy food because of how it makes me feel. It's why I just had a big, beautiful bowl of berries and seeds and sheep's yogurt and a little drizzle of honey and cinnamon. It's because I know how good I feel the rest of the morning with that bowl. 
Mm. Yeah. Um, I love that idea too of not eating just because it's lunchtime or, you know, you get up yeah. in the morning and, oh, I have to have breakfast because it's breakfast time. You know, I don't feel that yeah. hungry, but it's breakfast, so I have to have breakfast. Or, um, you know, even last night I got home, I went out for lunch yesterday and I got home at about six o'clock. It was a long lunch. And uh, I thought, oh, I should have something for dinner. And then I actually listened to my stomach and went, mm, I don't. I'm not actually hungry. Not so hungry. So, yeah. you know, I only had lunch at two o'clock. So there's really not much point in shoveling a massive meal in on top just yeah. because it's dinner time, yeah. you know, the clock that's says. Totally my, that's definitely mindful eating. Exactly. And people really don't know how to tune into those signals. Yeah. We'll be back in just a second with more. Joining us in this episode of the Wellness Collective in the virtual, I don't know, what is it, like a bubble, it's this one? It's the virtual couch, on, on the virtual couch or in the virtual studio, <laughs> I don't know, you know. It's good, you can keep the temperature whatever you like, you don't have to share <laughs> it with anybody else. You don't even have to else. wear pants. No, no <laughs> pants required. Jessica Zeppel is our guest and uh, we got on to talking with her about anxiety and food and whether there is a link between them. I think when it comes to anxiety and mood specifically, as a nutritionist, it's really about blood sugar control. Um, it's really about keeping your blood sugar levels nice and balanced throughout the day. I'm sure Nat agrees as someone who's very passionate about hormones. Um, it's really about keeping things nice and steady throughout the day. And for example, protein, fats, fiber, they're our, they are our most satiating and blood sugar balancing macronutrients. So having them at every meal helps to keep the blood sugar levels nice and stable. So you won't have those big energy drops or sugar drops. And you'll find is that when you have a you know a bowl of cereal for breakfast or a piece of jam and toast or a croissant for breakfast, um, did I say piece of jam and toast? Yeah, yeah, piece but of we... <laughs> toast with jam. I, I got the picture. <laughs> a piece of toast with jam. <laughs> when you have a high carb um, breakfast without any of those satiating macronutrients like your protein, your fat, your fiber, what happens is an hour later your blood sugar level probably drop. You have an energy drop and your mood drops with that, um, and that can definitely be linked to also anxiety. I mean, also caffeine, we have to talk about caffeine, you know, the excess of caffeine. I'm all about coffee, my one a day coffee, love coffee, never want to get give it up. But as Australian women in particular have to, and not just Australia, I've been living in America for the last few months as well. And people are just not thinking about how much caffeine they're consuming. So I always say one cup of coffee a day, preferably before 10 or 12 is the goal because that's when it starts to affect your sleep and your anxiety. So we know that caffeine releases adrenaline in the body, which can create cortisol. And we have enough cortisol and adrenaline happening in our fast-paced lives. So um, I think caffeine is something to talk about. I think alcohol is something to talk about, which can definitely exacerbate um, low mood and anxiety. But as a nutritionist, I really like to focus on blood sugar control and making sure every meal is very nice and satiating. And then also having those really satiating snacks in between. When you start to keep your blood sugar levels balanced, you'll notice a total improve, improvement in your mood. Um, and that really will support anxiety as well. And good fats. I think, you know, it's, we know how important good fats and are for a healthy mind and a and healthy mood. And a lot of people are afraid of fats and that's very important um, to include those healthy fats for a healthy mood. Yeah, I think it's great that we've long moved past this idea that fat makes us fat. I know for, <laughs> and there are still people, though, that still think this. There are still people that will say, oh, that has a lot of fat. And you're like, that's, this is not how this works unless you're talking about you know, your trans fats and even then, but, you know, we're not talking about fast food, obviously. We're talking about healthy fats, like you said. 
Absolutely. So with that same, you know, um, vein, I guess, kind of maybe we'll just answer the question, but in terms of controlling a sweet tooth without cutting everything out, and you, you touched on blood sugar, how do we healthily indulge? Like, can we do that? Yes, I definitely think we can. I mean, firstly, you have to give up the restriction and deprivation mentality, and that's what's causing us to overeat on these sweets. You know, giving yourself permission in the first place to enjoy the treat, to have the piece of cake, will probably stop you from eating the whole cake. It's so true, that isn't it? That cake. whole thing of I'm it, not allowed to do it, and it was a bad thing to do, and then you correct. know, beat myself up with all the guilt about it. So, yes. mindset is such the a, guilt. a good I mean, start. Guilt creates stress. Guilt creates stress and stress creates creates the desire to want to eat the whole cake, you know. So really giving yourself permission to have that slice of cake um, is just, it's actually really hard for people to do that. But I do think when it comes to diet, I mean, for some, for example, a lot of people are lacking protein and fat in their, in their diet. They're telling me they're eating a salad and what's in their salad, maybe a tiny little bit of feta cheese and some tomatoes and lettuce, you know, that's not going to keep you feeling satiated. And of course, at three or four or five o'clock, you're going to be craving something sweet. Same thing with breakfast. I think breakfast has a huge impact on blood, on sugar cravings in the day. People eating that high carb, high sugar breakfast, like a, like a bowl of cereal or a piece of toast or even fruit, just fruit on its own. And I'm finding that those are the people who are struggling with that four or five o'clock sugar, sugar craving that need for sugar. Your lunch has a huge impact on your afternoon sugar cravings. Is your lunch full of the fiber, the fat, the protein? If it is, you'll notice you're so much less likely to crave chocolate or sugar later on um, and caffeine. So people who are having more than two or three or four cups of coffee a day are, are tend to be the ones who are also craving sugar later on in the day. So this is just from clinical experience. I'm not talking about evidence. This is just from my own experience as a nutritionist. And another interesting thing is People who um, choose to have fruit or sugar, even healthy sugary foods in the afternoon just on their own tend to crave sugar after dinner, which is just something I've noticed. So if you have like lots of fruit in the afternoon, it kind of triggers this craving of sugar for after dinner. Um, so those are some of the things that I've noted with sugar cravings. So, some of, so as, as I said before, we want to make sure your breakfast and your lunch in particular are really nice and balanced, full of those blood sugar balancing macronutrients. You really want to reduce your caffeine. I have some other little tricks like apple cider vinegar diluted in a large water bottle. So just two tablespoons of apple cider vinegar in a large water bottle. It's been shown to help um, reduce that blood sugar drop. And wow. um, also it helps your taste buds kind of adapt because it's nice and, and acidic and sour. It kind of gets your taste buds, you know, changing in the direction of healthier, in, in the healthy direction. Um, so I talk about caffeine and then magnesium. I love using magnesium as also kind of a mineral that can help reduce sugar cravings. What about increasing fats? Did you say that as well? Do yes. you find that that really helps? Yeah, making sure like definitely. But, I mean, especially at lunchtime, I find if you have enough fats at lunch, you'll find that your sugar cravings reduce in the afternoon. Definitely. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I get patients to definitely follow that as well. Um, I have another question. I mean, we're talking about healthy nutrition and, you know, not everybody fits the mould though. There are definitely people who are unhealthy that do need to maybe lose weight and do mm -hmm. you think just eating a healthy diet is enough? Is there, in your experience, a better way or a healthy way to do that? I think it's about eating well, but I think it's about, you know, moving your body. I think it's about reducing stress. Cortisol can make it impossible to lose weight, um, as you probably know. I think it's about getting your hormones balanced, which you are the expert at. 
um, really when, you know, when you have estrogen dominance can be really impossible to lose weight. Your thyroid is the master gland of all of your metabolism. And, and so many women I meet these days are struggling with thyroid health and just that alone can make it impossible to lose weight. So I think it's not just diet. I think we really have to look at all the different mechanisms of the body and if they're working in, in balance and in harmony, I guess. Um, gut, we know there's so much research coming out now that the microbiome and different strains of bacteria are linked to obesity. You know, we, I think there was some evidence I saw that different probiotics could help with weight loss itself, which just shows, you know, how our gut is linked to weight, weight loss or weight gain. So I think, no, I, th I don't think it's just about eating well. I think that's a big part of it, which actually helps influence all those different, you know, eating well is the best way to get the body in balance. But I think there's so many things to look at. If you are someone who's struggling to lose weight, it's a good idea to to look at all those different aspects. One problem when we talk about these kind of things is it seems so straightforward, but my head is swimming and I'm sitting here going, it's lunchtime soon. Where am I going to go and get myself some good fats for lunch? You know, well, like, it's quite easy. Quite you difficult. Know, it's just, just about drizzling some olive oil, adding the avocado, sprinkling some seeds. I think it can seem really daunting at first. But um, it's like it, it, it does take, take some time. But once you get the hang of it, it becomes kind of second nature. Yeah. Well, I suppose if you can make like a magic seed mix that's got the bits and pieces in it that you can <laughs> pull out of your handbag and well, sprinkle just, in your salad at the pub. I yeah, love that idea. <laughs> yeah. And I think just drizzling olive oil. I think olive oil, for me personally, olive oil, extra virgin olive oil is like the best superfood in the world. And I mm. think just drizzling that over your salad is a great way of adding good fat. I notice how much fuller I feel after adding olive oil to my plate. At lunchtime in particular, avocado, tahini, hummus, there are lots of different ways to get the fats in. It's quite an interesting thing though. Like I think for a lot of people, their relationship with food is just an innate thing. Like it's not, it, it might be the house you grew up in, but then it might not. It just might just be you and whether you're a cautious person or have you like, I am... Um, I help out at the kids' school. Um, they have a Stephanie Alexander kitchen and then they do like a, a cooking class every two weeks. It goes for oh, two hours and good. go and help. And some of the things that they cook, the other day they were making mulligatawny soup baked beans oh, like from scratch and amazing. like a yeah and like a spinach gratin now yeah, my son ate the scone that they made to go he did not even entertain ah. the thought of trying any of those things but watching the other kids tuck into it it was so really are there some healthy foods that he will eat because i guess just oh, he, he eats healthy food he just okay, won't well, try fine. new things yeah, well, I was yeah gonna say, it's fine then just focus on that the healthy foods that he is and like yeah. Let it, like having and, and enjoying, just like keep focusing on those, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Broccoli every night for eight years. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I, think that, yeah, I, think you're, I think you're lucky then. <laughs> Most mothers can't even get that happening. Jess, before you go, I know you have lots of products and amazing information. Do you want to let our listeners know oh, where yeah. they can find you? Oh, um, we have a vitamin range. So it's just jslvitamins.com for hair, skin, energy, gut, sleep just nutritional supplements. Yes. If you want to try them, they absolutely work. I mean, I, I think going onto the JSL Vitamins Instagram page would be a great idea because that's where you see people's results, the real results. Well, I have known Jessica for quite some time, so it was really nice to actually be able to connect with her mm. and have her wisdom and insights into nutrition and balance. And, you know, I think we all just need to be a little bit kinder to ourselves. She's definitely an advocate for that, you know. Oh, I love that about food. Mm. I think sometimes it's so easy to just get caught up feeling you're doing the wrong thing no matter what you do. Mm -hmm. 
but it doesn't need to be that way. That's right. Everything in moderation. Absolutely. Even, what did she say? Sneaky, you know, when you're in the, the, the buffet and you have a little sneaky hash brown, something like that. That's okay. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Sprinkle some seeds on and you're all good. Yes. Cecilia, you know I am a massive fan of a good review. Go on. Okay. Spread well, the love. There's a few there. I know. I know. How Go exciting. On. Um, it's also a good time to say... If you'd like to leave us one. Please do. Please. We love to read them out. Um, and also the other thing I'd love for you to do is take a happy snap of where you're listening to us on oh, your podcast, yes. on the podcast. Like, you know, maybe you're walking the dog or you're on your mm-hmm. way to work. Maybe mm-hmm. you'd be pulled over on the road. Don't drive and no, no. photograph. That's um, and legal. send it to us via Collective The Wellness. On Instagram. On Instagram. And we want to share those. So that's mm. fun. I want to see where people are. And I'm sure you do too. I where do. Where are you listening to us? Yeah, yeah. Well, I've actually started listening. I mean, I always listen in the car, but I've started listening while I'm cooking, which is actually a really good way to listen to podcasts. I listen to music when I'm cooking. Anyway, Mm. these reviews, there's a couple here. One says, my favourite coffee date. Oh, that's nice. Almond latte, thanks. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Love your easy manner and banter with each other. It just feels like I'm a silent participant in a coffee date with some girlfriends, special guests and health practitioners. Thank you for bringing us interesting and informative topics. She even gave us two kisses. Oh, one for you, one for me. Uh uh And then there's another one. Loving your podcast. Hi, ladies. I'm new to your podcast and I'm so enjoying them. The variety of topics are so interesting. You both have such beautiful, welcoming voices. Keep up the good work. Oh, my heart is full of love. All of this love. Thank you. That's great. And Mm -hmm. the great thing about that is it shares, helps us share our podcast with the world because I'm not sure if you've noticed there's a lot out there now. And so reviews are very helpful. And I want to say a big shout out to my friend Rochelle who listened for the first time the other day. And she rang me and she was like, oh, my God, I just listened to your podcast and I love it. And she was like, I'm so sorry it's taken me so long. I was like, that's okay. I still she didn't you. do what my mum did. What? Remember? Oh, I she listened to, my- to the wrong one. No, no. <laughs> someone else's. She Me on someone else's podcast. She's like, oh, I listened to that episode. I'm like, that wasn't ours. No, mum. No, no, no. <laughs> but she did make the effort and that's the main thing. If you're not the sort of person that wants to leave a review, just leave us a rating. Five, yeah, that's five, fine. Five stars. <laughs> just In case saying. you were wondering, five's a good place to start. <laughs> We've run out of time today and that's fine. But I do think we need to do another episode where we have a talk about what we've been reading and coming across and stuff because I feel like I've been encountering a lot of amazing stuff lately Mm -hmm. and we need to share, Mm. including, oh, my God, download Brené Brown books and listen to them when you're in the car. Why can't we get when you're her not on a podcast? She is. We amazing. did try before she was Brene Brown. Mm. She was still Brene Brown, but she wasn't quite the Brene now that she was then. <laughs> <laughs> we tried before she was famous. Anyway, you got to you got to keep trying. There's always more, isn't there, Kringunas? Always more. Always more. Always. Hey, thanks so much for being part of our collective. We've just given you the whole blurb about what you need to do, but you know what? Even if you don't want to do reviews. Just listen to the next episode because there's so much gold in them there, Hills. Mm-hmm. Until next time. We hope this episode has left you feeling happier, healthier and better. Ciao. Bye. Bye.